Lend me your ear, lend me your ear, so we can fill it with stories and facts nobody cares about. Hi, everyone. Can you hear me? I'm all alone. So very alone. It's just me. And the rest is silence. So now that we know that I have job security. Why? Because you clearly can't do this without me. That's fair. <laughs> I kid. Um, how's it going, everybody? <laughs> Waits five minutes for replies. Good. You know, I don't want it to be said I don't listen. Uh, we're glad you're back. Um, oh, Skylar and one other person, apparently. Yeah. And more people. Eventually. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Once they're listening to the backlog of this. Yeah. Because when we're famous 100 episodes from now, mm -hmm. they'll come back and listen to this and be like, what? <laughs> of course people are listening. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. But we're doing pretty great. Yep. This is, uh, this has been a week. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Of all the weeks we've had, this is certainly one of them. Yeah. <laughs> what happened this week? What made it a week for you, other than seven days? Well, I was going to try to introduce the podcast, but I don't, I'm not good at segues. Oh, right. Because I that's wanted... That's a thing that we have to Yeah, do. I was like, that's why I was like, it's uh, been a week, because I was like, there's a thing you have to do. Well, sometimes, Britt, when you're so wrapped up in your own life, you don't have time to contact your friends, Romans, and countrymen. Lend me your eerie. This is the podcast where we talk about spooky ghosts, creepy phenomena, and things that go bump in the night. That's Brooke Ballum. And that's Britt McCarth. <laughs> Speaking of those names <laughs> together, though. Yeah. What did we do this week that was hilarious? Oh, everything. Every moment we spend together is hilarious. So because we're awesome at planning and we have a wedding coming up in a couple months. Yeah. Uh, we've been looking into sort of trying to expedite the process on certain things. And apparently one of the things you have to have is a wedding hashtag. Mm-hmm. Or else people don't know. Mm-hmm. There are paid services. Mm-hmm. For someone to generate you a wedding hashtag. Yeah. But there are also free generators, which we tried to use. And I feel like the actual paid ones, like, they actually put time and effort into making it catchy and fun. The examples were just whatever, like, movie title or saying that last name will fit in. Yeah. And, like, I looked up a couple, and I'm like, oh, okay. Sure. It, it just was a, a bad pun. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I, I'm good at those. There you go. For that's, free. That's your life. Uh, but then there's free ones, and, <laughs> and like, stress. You know how you can tell I'm good at bad puns? The name of this podcast. There you go. Anyway. <laughs> so we looked up a, a free generator. Yep. And what did it give us? What results did it give us, Britt? It gave us some options. So there's hashtag Brittany and Brooks wedding. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that one's straightforward to the point. Yeah. This one's having a, a bit more fun. It's hashtag you had me at Balum. <laughs> That's not even a pun. It just literally puts your last it name on something. Balum and hello. Yep. Uh, hashtag 
Brittany and Brooke forever. Oh, good. Yeah, right? <laughs> I like this one. Hashtag live, laugh, love, Bellum. <laughs> <laughs> just added it on. Um, it's just tacked it on to the end. So, ugh, done. Yep. This one, one in the can. This one, I guess, is for people who maybe get confused about what weddings are or what you do at them. Hashtag Brittany marries Brooke. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that one. That was, okay, that was the last one that we, like, screenshot, but they gave us... There was, like, 70 of these, and it's like, we could have just written this. It's like, life's like a box of ballum. <laughs> that was one I just did. That's basically what they did. Like, we're gonna need a bigger ballum. Like... In space, no one can hear you ballum. <laughs> Titanic ballum. <laughs> Jack, I'm ballum. <laughs> Paint me like one of your French Balums. <laughs> I'm the king of the Balum. <laughs> My name is John Coffey. Like the drink, but not spelt the Balum. <laughs> so stupid. That's that's this I, episode. It's just us coming up. Yeah, if we had, if this is what this was, I would spend the next hour just getting longer and longer with my quotes and changing the last word with Balum. Yeah. Well, I like... <laughs> Two heads are better than one, Balum. <laughs> you could do it with anything. But I would, I would grab like the Saint Crispin's Day speech from I think <gasps> Henry V. Uh, we few, we happy few, we band of brothers. That one. Oh. The famous speech. Um, and yeah, deliver it for two minutes, and the last word is Balum. You would just do the Billy Madison <laughs> fucking thing, and then end it with Balum. <laughs> I award you no points. And may God have mercy on your bowel. Brooke and Brittany's wedding. <laughs> long hashtag. Anyway, hashtags are dumb. And yet, I post them all the time. Well, I, I didn't say they didn't work. I just said they're dumb. You're, I mean, for this, you're this, is, dumb. this is a business thing. This is trying oh, to get yeah. out the, Who gives a shit who sees our wedding pictures on Twitter? Uh... I don't know. I was trying to think of Sorry, someone. I wasn't bailing you out because I wanted to know. <laughs> I was genuinely trying to find someone on Twitter. Uh, did anything else happen other than it's really cold right now? Yeah, we're going through like an extreme cold snap right now. Yeah. Where tonight it could get up to, up to, down to minus 35 or minus 40 with wind chill. But that's crazy. Uh, you had a show. Oh, and... I was going to say, and you had a show, but you did not. I did have a show, and it was okay. It was good. It was, I just felt like I didn't get to do enough. And that's well, you the, didn't. You did like a three-minute scene. Well, and I went out to do that scene, and uh, the note I had been given before was to play a positive character, so I go out there thinking positive, and I'm like, okay, we picked Morg. And then I looked at my partner, I'm like, I have nothing. Mm. I have zero in my head right now. Yeah. And then he lied down on the ground, I'm like, oh, no, he's dead. And I'm like, oh, I just made him dead. Fucking, what am I doing? <laughs> That is a horrible position to put him in. Well, to be fair, he laid down in a morgue. I was like, that's a terrible, like, that's a <laughs> terrible offer. Unless you're a ghost. Like, Shit. Yeah. Uh, no, it was good. It wasn't bad. I just like, I'm like, ah, I wanted to do more. I felt rusty. Uh, <laughs> and we saw Mary Poppins and we were the only ones in the theater. That was the most fun I've had at a film. Ever? Not ever, but like just... I, it was a lot of fun I've had at a film. Yeah. 
because it was just the three of us and we got to riff off of the dumb things that happened and the weird things that are said. And like, like the weird sexual tension between every single character. Well, between definitely between Mary Poppins and everybody. And the brother and Jane and Michael. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was that? <laughs> so much sexual tension. But, and I've, I've said, it's hard to accurately make a platonic friendship, like a really close platonic platonic friendship mm-hmm. in, in fiction. Like with Sam and Frodo in Lord of the Rings, which you don't remember, but there were heavy gay undertones. Oh, 100%. Oh, I can carry you. Yeah. Or, I mean, the one that I think did it right, and I know people will disagree with this, is Rick and Shane from The Walking Dead. Mm. Because there was no gay undertones there. Well, no, I'm just kidding. There but just like, you could tell they were close from the dumb conversations that they had. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, I've had those conversations with close friends. Romans and countrymen. Yeah, <laughs> well, close Romans and close countrymen. Let's <laughs> let's not open this up to everybody. Oh God. Um. Yeah, we also watched Unbreakable. Yeah. Because we're gonna try and find Split and work up to seeing Glass soon. Mm-hmm. This isn't a movie review podcast. I know we're we do that a lot. Yeah, we we don't do a lot. <laughs> did you? Did what did you think of Unbreakable? Because I had seen it before. I thought it was good. Uh, I. Yeah, it was entertaining. Just the ending was kind of stupid. And because I already knew that, spoiler alert, that Samuel L. Jackson, only because of the trailers. Oh, 19 years later. A huge spoiler. Well, I, I didn't know. 18 years later. You idiot. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> you dumbass. You schlemiel. Oh, fuck. You're so Be dumb. off by one year, you dick. <laughs> um... <laughs> like, you should probably kill a friend. That's better than yourself. Um, I'd kill a Roman and a countryman. There you go. I just thought that, like, because the whole twist is that Samuel Jackson's, like, the bad guy. He's the villain. And that reveal wasn't shocking to me because I I already knew he was a villain from the glass trailer and i thought it ended just super abruptly and it did there was like no conflict like or like a there was no huge climax to the film it just kind of was like all right it was a lot of setup for it was an origin story yeah but the next movie didn't come out till like two or three years ago or whatever mm-hmm. whenever split came out it was just weird it was good yeah i wasn't mad i saw it it was just kind of like oh um uh, the other thing that we're ex- that I'm experiencing for the first time that Brit's seen before is we're watching Breaking Bad together. Yeah, we are. Um, we're a couple episodes into season five, so I've I've seen pretty much the high point of the series, which is probably the season four finale. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess then there's some stuff coming up apparently. Mm-hmm. But man, I've never seen a show with as many amazing side characters as this one. Like the best ensemble. Like, with only with maybe one Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, that's, well, but the, I would say Game of Thrones isn't really about one central storyline, which I would say Breaking Bad is. Right. It's just about the meth and <laughs> and that, that whereas Game of Thrones is about a couple different things at the same time. Yeah. So it's, I would say Game of Thrones has more main characters mm-hmm. than Breaking Bad. But yeah, the only side character I don't like is Ted Beneke. God, hate any storyline he's in. Oh, fuck Skyler. No, I like. I didn't like what that what Ted did to Skyler. Mm-hmm. Like, did I was to her I arc. was kidding about Skyler. 
because everyone hates Skylar. But then, especially watching it a second time, I was like, fuck Walt. Walt's an asshole. <laughs> and this is not a TV review podcast. For the first time, I hate Walt. But don't spoil it because Skylar hasn't watched Breaking Bad yet. She experienced it. Oh, Nakazawa. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, don't like don't go into like super right. details because she. But I mean, it's something you can tell from episode one. Walt's a douchebag. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't know what he's doing, and yet he acts so condescending to everyone well, around his him. His ego is his biggest. Whatever. Well, yeah. I hate that guy. Yeah. It's the same as The Office, where like I really don't like Michael. It's I don't like the main characters that everyone else seems to love. Oh, you're so hipster. I'm so different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it for for updates. Yeah. So, whose turn? Me go first? <laughs> Alright, may I go? Yes. Not yet. <coughs> now. Brooks time, Brooks time, Brooks time. Everybody shut up! So, I was going to revisit something that I have done before. And as I went back to look, uh, I was going to go back and do Boogeyman Across Cultures. Oh, because uh, if we remember last time, I did the uh, the Bakken Riders and uh, the Sackman. Mm-hmm. I remember Sackman. Mm-hmm. And what the Goat Cult? But that was the Bakken Riders. It just and the first one I found I was interested in because there's some pop culture tie-ins coming up soon, and I there was so much information on it. I'm like, I just want to write about this. Okay. So this is a Mexican folktale about a ghost called, I'm going to pronounce this hopefully correctly, La Llorona. Oh, is this that fucking movie? That James Wan film oh, coming out soon. no, no, no. No. That has this Tuco? Is, this is not a film. This is not a film podcast. Well, but no, the reason just, I did it I'm was like, kidding. oh, there's probably a, a lot of information on this. And there is. No. So... La Llorona trans- translates to the weeping woman. Of course it does. It is, like I said, it is a Mexican folktale, but she also apparently haunts southern United States. According to legend, there are many different versions, but the ghost of a woman who drowned her kids to be with a man who ultimately spurned her. So she then drowned herself. What does spurned mean? Rejected. Ah. Uh. Which I could have also just said. <laughs> Made this easier for everybody. Now, there's, a, like I said, a couple different versions. Uh, possibly the man was her husband and grew disinterested with her after she had children. Nah. Possibly she wasn't married, but she wanted to spend... She was very beautiful and wanted to spend nights on the town. And having kids got in the way of that. Ugh. So she either neglected them and they died, or she drowned them so that she could have more free time. Jesus. Or her and her husband lived in poverty, and she kept having kids. So he kept drowning them. Oh, Regardless, she can't move on until she finds her kids. She can't get into heaven. So she walks along riverbanks, crying for them, and kidnapping any children she mistakes for her own, and then drowns them. Oh, God. (laughs) They say that hearing her cries could bring misfortune and death. And some believe hearing them marks you for misfortune and death. I want to go back for a second. You're going to drown your kids before knowing that this guy wants to be with you? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you, like, at least 
monkey bar that a little bit? Get a ring on it first. <laughs> get a ring and get some money. Granted, obviously this is not a person who's in her right mind, but... Yeah, fuck. This is a, this is a fun one. I don't really know what this means mm-hmm. or why. It just was totally out of nowhere on the site I was on. I found a bunch of different sites. Uh, some of them are uh, a symptom of our times and were labeled 13 things you won't believe about La Llorona. Nice. Or as uh, apparently Americans pronounce it, La Llorona. I'm like, well, not necessarily correct. I did look up the phonetics of this one. I'm improving, everybody. <laughs> it is said that when you hear her cries, if they sound near, she's actually far. No. And I... if they sound far, she's actually very near. No, I don't like that. And I hope, I hope that's something they do in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's something they play with. But, like, I don't know what that means. Depending on the legend... Well, okay, regardless of legend, she kills without hesitation or mercy. But depending on the legend, she might only kill children or she might kill indiscriminately. I was going to ask, is it just kids? Like, am I okay if I hear her crying far away? Well, there's so many different versions and it changes based on, honestly, part of the city that you're in. Oh, fuck off, ghost. (laughs) Piss off, ghost. (laughs) Pokey, ghost. I didn't know Korg was here. Ah. Also, kids in Mexico apparently have a game very similar to hide-and-seek called Where Are My Children? No. No. I just have written themed hide-and-seek. Nice. But, yeah. So the legend has kind of permeated the culture a little bit. Well, especially if you're a fucking kid. (laughs) Uh, Anecdotal. Apparently she can enter homes. No, why? A woman telling a story of she was on the phone with her boyfriend and then suddenly she felt a chill and she turned around and there La Llorona was, standing in the doorway, just staring at her. And she was paralyzed. She couldn't scream. And I'm like, are you sure you weren't asleep? Also... Sleep paralysis? What the fuck? Oh, and yeah, so she's by a riverbank, so she's wet. She has dark hair and she wears (laughs) white gowns. (laughs) Your favorite kind of spirit. Also... Apparently, it echoes Greek mythology. It is similar to the tale of Zeus and Queen... Oh, my God. Uh, Lamia, I believe her name is. such an idiot. What? When you said echoes Greek mythology, I thought, like, the echo of her, like, footsteps were... (laughs) Were, like, spouting... Apollo. Yeah. Hermes. Hercules. Aphrodite. I'm so dumb. And it was... Hades. I was mad that I started laughing because I was like, that was the stupidest thing. Clearly not what they said. Yeah. I take things way too literally sometimes. Does someone hear someone reciting the Odyssey? Close the door! <laughs> She's It's here. the weeping woman! Oh, I hope God. that's in the film. God. Sorry. But it, it uh, it's similar to the tale of Zeus and Queen uh, Lamia, I believe it's pronounced. She's from Libya. They had an affair, and when Hera found out, she turned Queen Lamia into a demonic demigod who eats her own children. Jesus! Guys, this was a dick. Well, he certainly had one. Mm. And used it. Sometimes in the form of an animal. The Greeks were into some bestiality. This legend can be traced as far back as the Aztecs. Uh, In that time, the ghost was a type of banshee who was the patron saint of women who die in childbirth, which is a weird thing to have a patron saint for, mm-hmm. I feel. But in this uh, 
In the Aztec legend, the goddess of fertility and motherhood, Siwakotl, nice. Ooh, abandoned her son Mixcotl at a crossroads, and she still weeps there to this day. Mm-hmm. And that's how this whole legend came about. Mm-hmm. In this legend, it's also an omen of bad luck. And apparently the Aztecs had this demonstrated to uh, disastrous results, for they saw her directly before the Spanish conquistador Hernán Cortés arrived and ultimately destroyed them. I believe wiped the Aztecs off the earth. But I could be wrong on that one. My history is not uh, up to snuff. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's the tale of La Llorona. Nice. There's a lot of different versions. It's... Also, I use people use it to, like, oh, kids don't stay out at night. So it's just, it is a boogeyman. Yeah. What? My Sharona. Well, la, I mean. La, 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 Rona. If you wrote that song, they would both be singing about children. Yuck. Sorry. All right. This podcast also is not about talking about the gross things that 70s and 80s bands did. <laughs> just the 90s. Yeah. Specifically. Nickelback. 90s? Late 90s? Possibly. I mean, your your time was wrong when Unbreakable came out, so... <laughs> yeah, idiot. Yeah, you're so no one knows what you're talking about, you idiot. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess I will go now. Brittany has a story for us today. Brittany's scared of lots of stuff. Alrighty. So today, boys and girls, I am taking you to New York City. Not Amityville, Brooke. No, I... Sorry, not New Jersey. (laughs) See, Brittany, I was trying to let that joke die because we've made it the last 12 podcasts in a row. It's okay. Oh. (sighs) Alrighty. Trouble in paradise. (laughs) So I am going to talk to you guys about another haunted house. But this one's called the Merchant's House Museum. So it's kind of like a museum, but it's it's a house. Right. New York Times has called it Manhattan's most haunted house. And Time Out New York says it's the number one most haunted place in New York City. Did they have a ranking? Yeah. Well, it's number one. Aww. It premiered at number seven. Mm. Got more haunted as time went on. Mm -hmm. So this house belonged to the Treadwell family for nearly 100 years until its final member died in 1933. Shortly after, in 1936, the house uh, was opened up as a museum. It's been a museum for a long time. Mm -hmm. So a little bit about the Treadwell family. I like this name. Seabury Treadwell. The father. Oh, okay. I was going to say man or woman. I don't know. (laughs) So, Seabury, his wife Eliza, and their six children moved into their Manhattan home in 1835. Seabury got the house for $18,000. But, Brooke, I converted it, obviously, because I know you always are interested in that. Yeah. So, $18,000 in 1835 converts, as of 2018, to $513,627.95. I'm going to reword that. (laughs) 
I was gonna say, what happened? There's a lot of extra numbers. Okay. After the word dollars. Okay. <laughs> so eighteen thousand dollars in eighteen thirty-five now would be five hundred and thirteen six hundred and twenty-seven thousand dollars and ninety-five cents. Was that right? No. <laughs> $513,627. It's been a long day. It's cold. All right. So what did you, what were you, I'll hear it on the editing, I guess. So $18,000. No, no, we're we're leaving all of that in. No, we're not. In 1835, (laughs) converts to... Five hundred and thirteen thousand six hundred and twenty-seven hundred dollars. What is? Why can't you read numbers? This isn't even math. <laughs> also, Britt, I can't take that out because they're gonna be like, "Why is she? Ge- why is she blowing this number reading so hard?" It was five hundred and thirteen thousand six hundred and twenty-seven. Dollars and 95 cents. You did it. Oh my god. Brittany, all of that other stuff is going to appear though. I should have just said $500,000. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Roughly 500000 So while, living, while living in this house, let's get back to this. While living in this house, they had uh, Seabury, I hope I'm saying that right. Yeah. And his wife Eliza had two more children. So in total, eight. And out of the eight... Only two daughters and one son married. Oh, I thought you were going to say made it. No, it which time. is super unusual because, like, their family was very well off. They were very social. And that's, that's uncommon that five of their children would not be married off. Yeah. So, Seabury died in 1865. And the children who didn't uh, marry... <laughs> Who didn't go get wedded, lived in the house until old age. So they just kind of all stuck around. And the youngest one, her name was Gertrude. And she will be important later. Uh, in 1909, it was just Julia and Gertrude left. And Julia died in 1909. I don't know how old she was. I don't even know what rank of sibling she was. <laughs> So Captain, obviously. Yeah, it was just Gertrude left, and she lived there until her death, but she lived alone for 24 years. So, like, she outlived her sister. Gertrude was determined to keep the house in excellent condition, even though she was going through some pretty deep financial hardship. But it was really important for her to make sure that their house was kept in order, and it was really important. So when she died, a distant cousin named George Chapman bought the house to save it from demolition. And it was repaired and renovated and opened up as a museum in 1936. So three years after her death. So some paranormal activity that has happened here. It mostly revolves around Gertrude. The story goes that she never left the house when she died. She just, her spirit has stayed there. And sightings of her have been seen for years, decades, because it's still a functioning museum that you could go to today. Um, But the first sighting of her was just weeks after her death. Someone was like, hey, that's 
that's little Gertie. But she wasn't little. She was an old lady. Did she appear as an old lady? Or did she appear yeah, as little? Yeah. Yeah. So she, she's been seen as different phases in her life. An elderly woman in a long brown dress has been seen around the house, which they're like, fucking Gertie, that's her. Gertie in her teens has been seen. Gertie as a young adult has been seen. People just keep thinking they see Gertie. Um, A silk tassel was twisting and turning all by itself one day, like playfully someone described. (laughs) Like it was like flirting with them, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Sure, I'll accept it. Uh, Tapping on the wall constantly. Uh, The woman kind of described it as, I think, more like Morse code, but she was like, I don't fucking know Morse code. And, yeah, it's like gentle paranormal activity. And other guests who have visited the museum have reported seeing other family members there. Uh, And servants, too. So, like, everyone kind of gets... To be in that house, but Gertie is the one that has been seen the most. And if you want to go, I got most of this stuff from their website, uh, the Merchant House, the Merchant's House Museum. But they do offer tours, and you could do just like a regular guided tour, or if you're feeling adventurous, you could do a candlelit tour with other people. Or they do like private ones, so you could it's bring probably like super expensive. Yeah, probably. How much well, would it New cost, York. Britt? Uh, five hundred and thirteen thousand six hundred and thirty-seven hundred dollars and ninety-five cents. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I'm, I'm, I'm going through a lot. What are you going through, Britt? Man, I bought an apple fritter yesterday. <laughs> What happened to the apple fritter? Okay, I will also say the ways that she brought this up. She's like, I'm, I am so upset with myself. <laughs> what, what happened to the apple fritter, Brit? The apple britter. Well, I went to the local coffee shop that sells apple fritters. We're not sponsored by them, so I'm not going to say where they are. And I was getting a coffee, and I didn't want to be that guy or gal who buys a coffee with just their debit card. So I was like, okay, I'll treat myself. I'll get myself an apple fritter. I wasn't hungry, so obviously I didn't eat it. But then I put it in my bag for later, and I forgot all about it. So the next morning, I opened up my bag and found a squished apple fritter, but the glaze had melted all in the bag, and it was an oily, oily mess, and I threw it away. I'm sorry for your loss. Thank you. That's all I have. We're done. Are we done? And there, No. Yeah. Uh, but that, that is all we have in general. Yeah. So a couple things. Uh, if you want to email us your thoughts on Mary Poppins Returns, yeah, <laughs> Unbreakable, Breaking Bad, any of those, please do. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've heard any of any boogeymen in a different culture mm-hmm. and you want to inform me of it, I would love to hear it. Yeah. If you've gone to the Merchant's House Museum, mm-hmm. 
home of the Treadwells. Yeah. Let us know what your experiences are. At Lend Me Your Eerie, which is E-E-R-I-E at gmail.com. Wow, we haven't done that in a while. Nope. <laughs> yeah, uh, also send us your eerie. Yeah. Personal hauntings. We want to hear them. Uh, also, if you have any thoughts on what our wedding hashtag should be, based on the ones that we provided. Yeah, because you guys got to really impress us. Yeah, yep. as you can see. Yeah. Please let us know. Yeah. At uh, lendmeyoureerie at gmail.com. It's E-E-R-I-E at gmail.com. Nice. But that's it. That's all. There ain't no more. We're done. And the rest is silence. <laughs>